welcome to the Apple of Truths. I'm Vero and I will be your guide through this episode today. It is just me today and I will be reading you out one of our pre-selected fun fictions that are from Lucifer. We have asked you, we have asked ourselves, we did our own research, mainly Lina did the research, I'm not going to lie. However, we ended up with two fun fictions out of which you've already heard Lina's and now you have me sharing a story written by Glitter Skull Fairy, which is a explicit fanfic. So uh, if you are here to and you are underage or you don't want to listen to this, this is your warning here. And I will be reading it out. And just so you know, I have not finished reading it yet. So this is going to be a surprise for me as it's going to be for you if you didn't read it. If you want to read it for yourself and uh, you don't want to hear me say the words, I will include the link to this specific fanfic in the episode description. You will also be able to find more Glitter Skull Fairies fanfics under that link as well. This is from uh, Archive of Our Own, which is also shortened as AO3 for some of you out there who don't really read fanfics. This is something that I figured that I will share with you because truth is, this is actually the first fanfiction that I'm about to read. I uh, support fanfic. I think it's really, really cool. I have a great admiration for everybody who writes fanfic, but I have not yet gotten myself to actually read any because I feel there is so much content out there for me to consume that is official for the shows and stuff that I would normally engage in, that I didn't really feel the need to go out there and look for fanfic. This might change after I read this. This also might change as I finish reading some of the fandoms that I've been indulging myself lately. But enough of my rambling and let's get to it. Again, shout out to Glitter Skull Fairy. Thank you so much for letting us use your fanfic. I read the beginning and I am filled with excitement to see what's going to happen next. Now, the fanfic that we've chosen for this is called Oh Hell No. It contains spoilers for season 5b of Lucifer. Additional tags are I got Ducifer in my Decker Star, Fix It, Burdon Espinosa, Unexpected Feelings, Angst and Fluff and Smut, Temporary Character Death, Dubious Constant Fantasy, Hell Loops from the TV show, Suicide But Not Really, Description of Violence, Fuck or Die, Sort of, Angst with a Happy Ending, Emotional Hurt, Comfort, Anal Sex, Oral Sex, Polyamory, Negotiation, Post 5B, Done Rescue, Canon Bisexual Character, Bisexuality, Internalized Homophobia, and Virtual Hell 2021. These are the tags that are mentioned on AO3, including the warnings for what's about to happen. So let's get into this. Uh, there is a summary that I will not read because that's boring. And there are notes. Again, 
we have this fic is dedicated to all those who have been binging since 5B and leaving a trail of kudos in their wake. I see you. I appreciate you. Again, major 5B spoilers ahead. Seriously, if you haven't seen it yet, what are you even doing here? Go watch it right now. I can so feel that. And now I'm just going to read out some more of the notes from the author. So, I have feelings. My safe space just crushed and burned in front of me. And in order to deal with those feelings, I had to restore my place of refuge. So this is that. For anyone else who is similarly floundering, I hope it helps fix it for you too. This is funfic comfort food. Don't forget, this is Pride Month. It is no longer Pride Month, but isn't always Pride Month in some way. And what better way to start that than by exploring and celebrating what it is to be bi. There's parts of this that are taken from my own story, including some angsty issues. But as always, I promise a happy ending. But also, content warning, temporary character death, dubious consent, hell loops, suicide but not really, descriptions of violence, fuck or die sort of, angst with a happy ending. It's not as bad as the thugs make it sound, I promise. So that's it for the notes from the author. This gives us a little bit of an idea what we are getting into, I guess. All right, let's go. Lucifer pauses in front of the door, one ash-tinted hand hovering over the ancient metal. He should be able to see exactly what's going on in there without having to open it, but he hasn't looked yet. It's one thing to know that your friend is suffering, but another thing to actually witness it. It's difficult to admit, but he's been putting it off. Of course he had assumed Dan was upstairs until a menadiel told him otherwise, and then there was a war to fight and Michael to take care of, but now he needs to deal with this. He shouldn't leave Dan in there a moment longer than he has to. It could be Malcolm, or Pierce, or the Russian mob, or his gut wrenches, something to do with the spawn. He takes a breath, braces himself, and opens the door. It's the penthouse. He looks around quickly, expecting to see a gun, the child running, screaming, but the place is strangely quiet. He takes another few steps in and sees himself, in a blue waistcoat and rolled-up sleeves, being let into the bedroom. So this is a jealousy thing? That might not be so bad. Except as he steps round for a better view, it's not Chloe who's doing the leading. It's Dan. It's strange to watch himself from this angle. Dan pulls him close and kisses him with the kind of tenderness he would expect from Chloe. There's a haunted look in his eyes and tears on his cheek, and their foreheads press together as they break apart. Dan's hands run down fake Lucifer's chest, and wordlessly he starts tugging at the buttons. Then they're gasping and grasping at one another, undressing each other in a frenzy. Fake Lucifer still has scars on his back. Lucifer just stands there, dumbfounded and shocked into a moment of indecision. This was the last thing he was expecting to see. 
and it shouldn't be quite as alluring as it is. Before he can think of a suitable response, the elevator chimes behind him and Chloe strides in. Lucifer, are you there? I need to ask. She stops by the piano, gaping. The words that come out of her mouth next are angry, but also harsh and cruel and not anything Mrs. G would say at all. Freeze, Lucifer commands, holding up a hand. He may not be officially king of hell anymore, but it's a habit and apparently it's a habit for the role-playing demons too because they both stand there motionless. Dan looks around in confusion. Lucifer, there's two, wait, is one of you Michael? Oh God! His hand goes to his mouth and his body convulses like he's going to be sick. You! Lucifer points at his reflection. Take off my bloody face and get out of here. You as well, he points at the one impersonating Chloe. Dan grabs his shirt from the end of the bed, clutching it over his bare chest and half-open jeans. He's still staring at Lucifer. Daniel, he says softly. Oh, my poor dear Daniel, I had no idea. What? Dan blinks and licks his lips and tries again. What's going on? He looks so vulnerable, so ashamed. Put your shirt back on. You'll feel better for it. Dan pulls it over his head and messes up his hair in the process. Lucifer steps closer and runs his fingers through to straighten it. Dan screws his eyes shut and sobs. Please... Please what? What is it you desire? I just wanted to stop. To stop wanting you. To stop being so fucking jealous and angry. And to stop doing the things that make me hate myself. Sexual attraction isn't something to feel guilty about. It's natural. No. No, I've been fighting this for as long as I can remember. The others, I could ignore them, pretend it was just a fantasy, but you, you pull at me all the time. I want you, and I hate that I want you, because you're a dick, and you're the devil, and Chloe's in love with you, but I can't stop thinking about having you for myself. Lucifer sighs heavily. He should have seen it. He never stopped to ask himself why he enjoyed ridiculing Dan so much, why the push-pull banter was so satisfying. But it's obvious now. It's like a romantic comedy when the two leads don't get on at first. But really, it's just the cover for an attraction they're trying to resist. His feelings for Chloe were so loud that they drowned out a perfectly normal everyday flirtation he'd be carrying on with Dan for years. A bit of friendly flirting, which should have meant anything, wouldn't have meant anything, except that Dan had been raised to believe that half of his sexuality was an aberration and he'd managed to damn himself because of it. Come on, we're getting out of here. Lucifer tries to pull him back down the steps towards the door, but Dan doesn't move. Come on! He says again. Lucifer? Dan's voice is so small, so timid. Where are we? If you're able to ask, I think you already know.
He pulls away from Lucifer's hand and sits on the edge of the bed. I think maybe I deserve to stay. You... He wants to deny it, but that's not how hell works. And much as he'd like to reset this entire system, it's going to take time and planning and boring stuff to make such big changes. On the other hand, if Dan chooses, if he believes, he can come back. Just like Chloe did. Just like Eve did. Hell's gates aren't locked anymore. There's no warden. Some of Dad's cryptic answers and mysterious ways are starting to make sense now. Lucifer just has to persuade him to leave. There are people out there who need you. Your daughter, most of all. I can't. I'm not... I'm not worthy of any of them. It stings deep, hearing his own doubts reflected back at him, but he also knows that he can't force Dan to feel what he's not ready to feel. There are ways he could help him, but... Very well, say, for a while at least. I need to talk to the detective, but I'll come straight back. Dan snorts. <laughs> I promise. It will be longer from your perspective, but I will be back. No, I believe you. I just thought you were making one of your bad puns. I assure you, Detective Douche, nothing about me will ever be entirely straight. We have a change of scene. We are now moving back to Earth. Where is he? Chloe demands when he swoops back onto his real balcony. Why isn't he with you? Ah, well, you see, there was a complication. Please tell me it's one we can work around. Detective, he says, a serious look in his eye that makes her worry. She's done nothing but worry since she got back from heaven, since she realized that her father found her the instant she arrived, but there had been no sign of Dan. So she asked Lucifer, and his face did that terrible crumple thing that means he's breaking inside. But he didn't lie. She told him that his first task as the new god was to make it right. He didn't argue. That's not a yes, Lucifer. Please. He gestures towards the couch. She sits down and he perches on the coffee table and takes her hands. Dan's wrapped himself up in a guilt that has roots so deep they're going to be difficult to untangle. Difficult, she nods slowly. But not impossible. Not impossible, no. It's a sort of dilemma I've helped many people through in the past, but it involves some activities you might not approve of. Does it involve killing anyone else? No, no. I think the only person who could suffer in this situation is you. Possibly me, but to a lesser extent, I'm sure. Do it. He gives her another serious look. Don't you want to know what's involved before you agree to it? Does it matter? 
I was willing to let go when I thought he was in a better place. But Lucifer, I would do anything, give anything to get him out of there and bring him home. Even me? What? Would you give him me? Not permanently, of course, just on loan. I'm yours and I'll always be yours. But in order to fix him, to help him work through his issues, I would have to be his. Just for a little while. He says it so casually, but she knows him. And she knows that's the way he covers when he's hurt or worried. She reaches to stroke his face. How long would you be gone? Not long, from your perspective. I'll be back by morning, all being well. Then why do you look like this is going to break us apart again? His face falters, and he looks away for a moment. Because when I say I would have to be his, I mean, and I am struggling to believe I'm suggesting this, his voice cracks, but I need to know him intimately, in the biblical sense. Her heart wrenches with a possessive jealousy, but it doesn't last. You need to have sex with Dan to persuade him to leave hell and come back to us? He sighs. When you put it like that, it does sound preposterous, doesn't it? She smiles. A little bit. But then I'm dating God, who was formerly the devil, so it takes a lot to shock me these days. I don't know if it's any of my business what his guilt is about, but I trust you. And if that's what he needs, then that's what we have to do. He seems to deflate. Well, I'm slightly offended that you're willing to pimp me out so easily. That makes her giggle. Like I said, I trust you. We've been through so much to get here, but we've made it. If you have to spend one night with Dan to bring him back, we can deal with that too. It will be one night for you, but longer for me. Time differences and all. How long? I won't know until it's done. She's never heard him sound so sullen about the idea of sex before, but it gives her a pause. Are you okay with this? He stands up and strolls over to the bar to pour himself a drink and brings it back to sit beside her. I'm conflicted. She takes his hand in both of hers. The white ring she still wears on her wedding finger is a reminder of just how much he loves her. This isn't something I can ask you to do. It has to be your own decision. If it was you, would you do it? That's different. Dan and I were married. For another friend, then. Miss Lopez, perhaps. I'm straight, though. I'm not attracted to women. Just because I'm not fussy about gender doesn't mean I fancy everyone. But are you attracted to Dan? I love you. I know. I love you, too. Stop avoiding the question. He takes a large gulp of whiskey. Until I saw what I saw this evening, I would have said no. Absolutely not. But it might have been an error in judgment. 
What did you see? He was getting very well acquainted with a replica of me. He was uh, very enthusiastic. Yeah, that sounds like Dan. He always made the effort, you know. Sorry, <laughs> you probably don't want to hear stuff like that. Actually, it might help. I've tended to avoid thinking about him in sexual terms, but if I'm doing this, I think some frame of reference would be in order. Okay, but stop me if it's TMI, alright? Go on. She thinks for a moment. The whole situation is weird. First of all, I sort of suspected he liked guys, but he would never admit it. He's never exactly been smooth, but he's kind and generous and... She swallows back a sob. It hurts so much that he's gone and she can't stop talking about him as if he's still there. But there's still a chance to get him back. She has to be strong just a little longer. He's good, Lucifer. I mean, he's not as good as you, but... Nobody's as good as me. No, I, I guess not. It took him a while to build up his confidence, though, in the beginning. He was so nervous, but he took the time to work out what I liked, and he took real joy in bringing me pleasure. How bad is his orgasm face? She's taken his glass and sips at his whiskey. It's expressive, sort of angry-looking, actually. Lucifer snatches the glass back. Well, that doesn't help. You're supposed to be tempting me into sleeping with him, not putting me off. Am I? This has to be your decision. I can't manipulate you into having sex. But I want to help him, Chloe. The pain when he left, it hurts so much more than I was expecting. And I have a chance to bring him back now. I'm just working myself up to it. She puts an arm around his back and leans into him. Relief flooding through her, and gratitude that he's willing to give himself like this in spite of his reluctance. She just has to help him get there. And though it's weird remembering Dan that way when she spent the years since the divorce keeping him in the friend zone, there's still plenty of good memories. He's got a fantastic dick, she says softly, seductively. Lucifer's face brightens. Really? Mm-hmm. It's a good length, and his girth is impressive. Took a bit of adapting, too, if I'm honest. And it's got just the slightest upward curve to it for getting into all of those hard-to-reach places. He licks his lips and smiles. Lovely. And, obviously, he works out. He's fit enough to keep going, and he always kept going until I'd had enough. He's got some muscle, too. Might even be strong enough to sweep you off your feet. Now, there's a thought. I know you guys have had your differences, but when the two of you were on the same page, you had real chemistry together, it always made me happy when I saw you getting along. Aren't you going to feel jealous? Of course I am, but I lived with my jealousy over Eve. And I can live with being jealous of Dan too, if that's the price for saving him. That's good to hear. 
I guess my biggest concern is how it affects the relationship between the two of you. I know it hasn't always been easy and I don't know just how intimate it's going to get. He blows out slowly. I expect it will need more than a bit of kissing. I know. Desires your superpower, or one of them anyway. I expect you'll be giving him the full Lucifer Morningstar package. But I'm talking about emotionally intimacy here. That's still new to you. And you're gonna be dealing with this deep guilt that's affecting how he sees himself. And that's going to be very personal. She thinks about how he always projects his issues onto Case, and she knows that Lucifer is going to find himself relating to Dan's issues. You're going to have to get emotionally involved. He turns his head and kisses her hair. I know, there's something else too. Go on. He's in hell. His body is still here. When I seduce him, I'll be seducing his soul. That's not something I've done before. She hadn't considered that aspect. It's bound to have unexpected consequences. It fills her with fear and uncertainty and jealousy, and for a brief second she thinks about saying no. But then she remembers the weight of Dan bleeding in her arms, the way he gasped for breath, and grief crushes her all over again. She couldn't live with herself if she left him there to suffer because she wasn't strong enough to take the risk. She sits up to look at Lucifer, her lover, her devil, her god. But it's done. We have to. And I have faith in you. I have faith in us. He nods. Then I'll do it. Back in hell. Dan's not sure how long he's been sitting on the bed. There's no real way to measure time, except for the curtains gently waving in the breeze and the spinning of his own thoughts through a mental fog. It's dark outside, and he's tempted by the warmth of the fire, but this place is too high up, and the thought of stepping out there is terrifying. Everything is terrifying. He can still remember the feeling of the first bullet going all the way through him. He shudders at the memory of his own warm blood seeping through his hands, the weakness that spread through his body. When he looks down, his shirt is stained. He deserves this. His friends kept telling him he was a good person and he almost believed them, but none of them knew. Hell, he barely even admitted it to himself. It lingered there at the back of his mind. A selfish daydream and indulgence for his libido when no one else was around. There were times when he'd give in and touch himself, an image of Lucifer kneeling before him, looking up through the dark lashes and unable to say anything. Or that too perfect, long body bent over the piano, scars brightening as Dan impales him, makes him suffer, makes him beg. He always cries afterwards disgusted with himself, guilt and shame chasing on the heels of pleasure. He'll scrub himself off in the shower, but nothing can relieve him of that voice in his head telling him he's dirty, he's wrong. It's not that he judges anyone else. Some people are just made that way, and he can see two guys together and be happy for them. It's just himself 
That's the problem. He likes women, and he was happy to settle for that, to ignore the other impulses, until Lucifer came along. And it's not just that he's a guy. It's that he's that guy. He also his ex-wife's partner, in more than one sense. Oh, and the devil. He lies on the bed, his bleeding guts a perfect metaphor for his self-loathing, and waits for his tormentor to return. At last, the elevator chimes and Lucifer walks in. He looks as devastatingly gorgeous as always. More so. His hair is glossy and perfect and his navy three-piece suit is immaculate and Dan can't be sure. But is he wearing a hint of guyliner again? Well, you can cut that out for a start, he says briskly, waving at the bloody mess on Dan's shirt. It's miraculously clean and whole again, the pain vanishing. Can't let you lie there self-flagellating. If you want any corporal punishment, you'll have to ask for it. Sit up. Dan heaves himself upright without question. He has a vague sense of how this meeting is supposed to go, like a strong sense of a déjà vu. But this isn't quite it. What's going on? Do you remember where you are? The brain fog thickens as he tries to think about it. Your penthouse. In a manner of speaking, yes. Also, not quite. You remember you offered to help with a case, going door to door. You reported a suspected home invasion. They ambushed me, took me somewhere dark, and he can feel the cuts and bruises on his face. But Lucifer strokes over his brow and down his cheek, and it doesn't hurt anymore. How do you do that? Doesn't matter. Keep going. I didn't give in, no matter how much they hurt me. I took my chance to escape, but... Oh God, uh, Chloe! He fights through a series of emotions, terror and guilt and desperation and grief. I'm in hell, aren't I? Yes, Daniel. I'm afraid you are, but luckily, I can help you. How? I just need to persuade you that you don't belong here. But I do. I'm bad. You've seen what happens, how I keep hurting people. Where else would I go? Come with me. I think we need a drink for this conversation. Dan follows him to the bar, where Lucifer pours out two glasses. He takes the one offered to him and drinks. It's not as good as he was expecting. Lucifer grimaces. Oh no, that won't do at all. He holds up both glasses and glares at them, and does the same with the decanter before taking an experimental sip. His eyebrows rise and he smiles. Better. Dan swallows another mouthful, and this time it's smooth and goes down beautifully warming his throat. Lucifer tops them both up and starts to explain. The person you've been seeing in your loop. The experiences you've been reliving. That wasn't really me. It was a projection of your own guilt and fears. This is the real me, and I can help you if you let me. What? Like, purify me somehow? I have the power to get you out of here. I can show you the path, but only you can walk it. I dare say it won't be easy, 
But you never give up, do you? Apparently not. Well then, I'll have to reset your loop, begin the cycle again. Only this time, it will really be me. Once it starts, you'll have less control over your actions, so I need to hear your consent now, while you're aware of the real situation. Consent? For sex. It's part of the therapy. Dan lets out a hysterical chuckle. The devil wants to give me sex therapy. I want to take you home, to your family and friends. But due to the nature of your... Uh, he waves a hand at Dan. Issues. I think my abilities in bed might be the key to setting you free. What about Chloe? Aren't you guys a thing now? She's already agreed to it on a temporary basis. She wants to help you too. Dan drags a hand over his face. You're asking me to make a deliberate choice. It's one thing to give in, in the heat of the moment, but to stand here and agree like this, it is ultimately your decision. But the feelings you have towards me are linked to your identity, and they need to be addressed. I won't try to coerce you or force you against your will in any way. He scoffs and stares down at his hands. You know, sometimes I have this fantasy where you force me. Because I don't want to admit what I want. And I don't want to have to agree. But if you force me, then I'm not responsible. If it helps, once the loop starts, you won't remember this conversation. I can take you in the heat of the moment. But I need your consent first. I've spent five years telling myself I don't want you, but I guess the message never got through. It doesn't matter that it's my ticket out of here or that you're doing it for the good of my soul. All that matters is that I get a free pass to be with you and yes, I want you. But the fact that I would consider being with you, even when I know how much it would hurt Chloe, makes me a complete douche again. I assure you, she's quite willing to make that sacrifice. For you. All of this is yours for the taking. He puts down a glass and turns on the spot, displaying himself. Whatever you desire. Okay. I mean, yeah. I consent. Please. Lucifer nods. The room shifts around them, a spatial distortion that feels like a screech. But Dan doesn't seem to notice. He's standing further away, as if he's just walked through the door. Lucifer! Hey, man! Lucifer turns from the bar to look at him. The whiskey's reset itself, too, unfortunately. But turning this paint stripper into a decent single malt isn't much of a stretch of his new powers. Daniel, this is a surprise. Lost another suspect, have you? No... No, I just... I was downstairs for a drink with Maze, and I figured I'd come up to say hi. It's a weak excuse, and they both know it. Hi, he adds. Lucifer just keeps looking at him. You know what? Maybe this was a bad idea. I mean, when I was up here before... You shot me. Yes, I recall. Well, I was kind of... Mm, look, I know I've been an ass lately, and I totally deserved that prank you pulled, but 
I'm trying to be better. And we've been getting along before I screwed it up all. And I wondered, is there any way that we could get back to that? Even though I'm the devil? Yes, you're the devil. But I still want us to be friends again. Did you bring me any more hideous jewelry? Dan stuffs his hand in his pocket and shakes his head. No, maybe I should have brought something. Lucifer can feel the loop guiding him like a script fully memorized in his head. He decides to play along for now. Some kind of offering to appease me? A goat, perhaps? Is that a thing? No, I don't like goats. You know what I like? He steps closer. Alcohol? I have plenty of that, he gestures at the wall of scotch. Music? Why do you play? Another step closing the distance. Not particularly well. Come on, Daniel, think. What is it the devil does best? You... You grant favors. I do. Does that mean I have to make a deal with you so we can be friends again? I think we could come to some arrangement. Tell me, what do you desire? Dan's mouth opens and closes, like he's fighting it. Lucifer wants to look away to let him off the hook, but he has to see this through. I, I want to stop thinking about you. I want to be able to get on with my life without being haunted by your face. My other face? The one you saw through the window? Dan shakes his head silently. Lucifer waits. Dan squeezes his eyes shut. Why do you keep torturing me like this? It's what I do, the loop urges him. But it's not the truth anymore. So he makes his first variation. Because it's what you expect of me. And I want to fulfill your desires, Daniel. I want to make it better. Do you know the best way to get over a fantasy about someone? I don't know what you mean. You desire me. I can feel it. If you want it to stop, then perhaps you should just take me. That would be wrong. You're with Chloe now. There's an answer to that, which he won't say. This time, he goes completely off script. We have an understanding. What does that even mean? It means that right here, right now, I can do all sorts of pleasurable things with you, and you don't have to let it bother your conscience. He runs a thumb over Dan's jaw, passing lightly over his bottom lip. It's not wrong? No, Daniel. You don't need to be afraid of how you feel, or how it will make anyone else feel. You just need to let me take care of you. Uh, okay. This time it's Lucifer leading Dan up to the bed. There's still tears on Dan's cheek, but Lucifer wipes them away and cradles his face to bring him in for that first kiss. It's raw. Souls still feel solid in hell, but they can be touched and abused just like flesh. But there's an immediacy to them. It's like going out to the rain without an umbrella or coat. It's like going into the brightness of the sun.
Lucifer is caught completely unprepared for the intensity of it. Dan's lips brush against his tentatively, and something in his belly aches as he tries to rein in the desire to go deeper. He pulls back, but their foreheads are still pressed together. Dan's hands run down to the front of his chest, fumbling at the buttons of his waistcoat. He should slow down. He's not bound to play out the loop as it's written. He can bend it to its own will, make it better. He sheds the jacket effortlessly, and his hands slide up to Dan's shoulders, pushing his outer shirt off onto the floor. Dan chases his lips, and he works out the buttons and gets rid of the waistcoat, and Lucifer lets him, treats him to a little nip before pulling the pale t-shirt over his head. The cufflinks throw Dan off for a second. He swears and backs up to look at them, and his eyes go foggy. Something's different. Lucifer pulls them out quickly, and there's a pair of dull thumbs as he throws them onto the rug. There. All better, darling. He strokes Dan's cheek, and they kiss again. And soon enough, skin meets skin, as their bodies press together urgently. Lucifer rocks his hips and puts his hands in Dan's back pockets to pull him closer. The tight jeans hug his fingers and he can feel a hard line on his hip and all thought falls away in the heat of the moment. He just wants to feel, to chase away the grief, to be close to the one who was snatched from him too soon. He almost misses the sound of the elevator doors opening. Lucifer, are you there? I need to ask. Bloody hell, he growls. The tirade and the hurtful words crush over him, and it hits different this time when it's directed at him as he holds a trembling Dan in his arms. Still, he cups Dan's head and holds it to his chest, protecting him from the sight, if not from the words. It looks like Chloe. It's her voice accusing him of the thing that he's doing. And though she'd never say it like that, it cuts into his conscious nonetheless. It's not cheating. We have an agreement. We are doing this to save Dan. He's not supposed to be enjoying it this much, though, is he? He can feel the heat of the flames in his eyes as he glares at her. Get out of here. Don't come back. This one is mine now. The rage and the pain fall from her face. She bows deeply. Yes, my lord. May I say... What? He snaps. It's an honor, sir. Go! She scuttles out quickly. Lucifer lifts Dan's head, looking in his eyes. There are full of tears again. You said it would be okay. You said you had an understanding. Daniel. Dan pulls away. You lied. No, I meant it. That's not enough. Enough of this bullshit. I can't do this. I can't keep hurting the people I care about. He pushes past Lucifer and rushes onto the balcony. Lucifer follows. Dan's leaning onto the glass railing, swaying slightly. He hates heights. Is this another way to punish himself? It happens too quickly. He just pitches himself forward, 
and throws himself over the edge. Lucifer braces to unfurl and go after him, but his wings don't appear. He tries again, a terrible scream echoing through his skull. But there's nothing there. His wings are gone. A glance over his shoulder at his reflection in the glass reveals the scars. Dan's falling for too long. There is another screeching spatial distortion, and he's back at the bar, sipping cheap whiskey. Lucifer! Hey, man! Oh, hell no! Lucifer works through his version of the script and gets Dan back into the bedroom. The first kiss is just as intense the second time around. He gets rid of his own cufflinks before they confuse Dan. They won't be interrupted again. Dan's shaking. Lucifer holds him tight and kisses his neck as they start grinding on each other. It feels good. It feels right. Like it's what they both needed all along. He moans and Dan gasps and they come apart for a little, foreheads still touching. And Dan starts tugging at Lucifer's belt. For once, Lucifer lets eagerness get the better of him and moves to help. His pants drop on the floor and he springs free, firm and ready and wanting. Dan steps back. It's all right, Lucifer assures him. I know it's a little imposing at first, but I promise you, you have nothing to worry about. This isn't right, Dan breathless. Daniel, what's wrong? This, all of this. I shouldn't have come here. I shouldn't be doing this with you. You're with Chloe now, and I, I'm just a douche. He starts walking outside and Lucifer struggles to pull up his pants and go after him, but he's not fast enough. He knows he'll never be fast enough. Another scream. The loop resets. This time Lucifer makes sure not to reveal himself first, going for Dan's jeans and finding Chloe was right about his cock. It's delightful. But as soon as he touches it, Dan panics again and runs off. There has to be a way around this. He already has consent and he knows Dan's fantasy. He's not going to let him get away with this time. When Dan reaches for his belt again, Lucifer grabs him by the shoulders and shoves him up against the wall. It sets his pulse racing and Dan touches him and it's wonderful. But then the hand recoils and he's struggling fighting it. Not that he has any chance against Lucifer's strength. Lucifer slides his hands down to his wrists and pins them either side of his head, pressing his lips forward to rub himself on Dan's abs. And bloody hell, the way he wriggles makes it feel so good. He could easily get himself off like this, but it's meant to be about Dan's pleasure. He bends his neck and sucks at his shoulders and then moans and pushes back fruitlessly. He kisses Lucifer's jaw and their lips meet again and he wants it. Lucifer can feel on his hip how much he wants it and he can also hear a choked sob and he opens his eyes. Done sweeping. Daniel? 
He pauses, but he doesn't let go. Please. Please what? Do you want me to stop? Dan just screws his eyes shut. He doesn't say yes, but he doesn't say no either. Lucifer pushes upwards and takes both of Dan's wrists in one hand and uses the other to get into his jeans. Dan whimpers and pushes into his palm, throbbing. Lucifer! Fuck! Please! It's not entirely clear what he's begging for, so Lucifer curls his fingers around and starts stroking. Please, Lucifer, stop. It doesn't matter that he knows this is Dan's fantasy, that consent was previously given. This wasn't a part of the negotiation. He moves his hand away, but keeps Dan pinned to the wall. He can't bear watching him run off again. He resets the loop himself. It takes a bit of trial and error. Dan falls more times than Lucifer wants to admit. It should get easier knowing it's not permanent death, but there's a real terror in those screams, and it breaks his heart. It should be easy to recognize the signs and reset the loop early, but he's still trying to find a way to guide Dan through that moment of panic and guilt. There's a discernible pattern to it, though. No matter how slow they take it, it usually develops around the time they get to touching genitals. The first kiss is still electric. Maybe it's the relief of having him back after watching him die again. Or maybe it's the look of wonder in Dan's eyes that it's actually happening. When Dan runs his hands down his chest, Lucifer catches them before he reaches for the buttons. Kisses him again, slowly and tenderly, their fingers tangle together. This isn't how I expected this to go, Dan admits. Me either, but we can do the frantic, angry sex later. For now, I just want you to feel safe with me. A smile tucks on corners of Dan's lips. Why are you being so nice to me? You suffered enough, sweet Daniel. It's time to move on. That doesn't make any sense. Just kiss me. Okay. It's deep. And it's eager. And it's pure. The short hairs on the back of Dan's head feel like velvet under his fingertips. And his hands on Lucifer's waist feel timid. It reminds him of the kiss with Chloe, just before that fateful call, and he can't help but wonder how much Dan is feeling of what he felt then. He slips off his jacket and leads him gently to the bed. They sit side by side and just keep kissing. It feels easy, but he can read Dan now, from the tension in his arms to the creases on his brow and the way his breath catches every so often. Lucifer pauses when that happens, gives him space to breathe, and keeps caressing him gently until he soothes. It's slow. He can't push it, but they have all the time they need. He could spend a year here and still keep his word that he'd be back by morning. Dan moans softly against his mouth and tucks his legs under him. If it was his real bed, Lucifer might be upset about boots on the sheets, but it's just hell. He moves with Dan 
so that they are both rising up on their knees, bringing their bodies together, chest against chest. He wants to grab Dan's ass and pull him in, but resists, waits it out. Dan inches slowly closer, pressing hard against him, and Lucifer trembles. Now it's Dan's turn to pause, and he keeps their foreheads touching as he moves his mouth back to speak. Is this okay? He asks, grinding slowly. Yes, Lucifer gasps back. This is very okay. There's another smile, and then they're kissing again, hands wandering from hair to hips and all the places in between. It's not too long before Dan lies back and pulls Lucifer down with him. They lie on their sides, and their hips come together again, seeking friction. Dan pushes a knee between Lucifer's, and he parts without resistance, groaning as Dan takes hold of his thigh and lifts it over his own. Dan's hips are curling faster now, rubbing hard through their clothes. If he wasn't invulnerable, Lucifer would probably be bruised. Then Dan shifts and rolls them together so that Lucifer's on his back, open and yielding as he rubs against him, panting, needy. It feels so much better than dry-humping Otu. They kiss. They breathe. Dan pushes up on his elbows for better leverage and adjusts the angle to bring them into alignment, and Lucifer groans again. They're both so close. That's it, darling. Almost there. Lucifer whispers. Dan's face creases again, a strained grimace, like he's fighting it. His hips stutter and pause and move urgently again before faltering once more. It's all right, love. I've got you. You can let go now. Dan gasps and whines and starts bumping fast. His breath comes ragged and mixed with strangled grunts. He trembles and then his face contorts with release. It does have all the elements of an angry face from the furrowed brow to bare teeth, but there's something beautiful about it, a sense of wonder pouring out of those pale blue eyes. The sight is enough to bring Lucifer over the edge too, and he clings to Dan as he comes with a hissing gasp. The angry look falls into pain and remorse, and Lucifer hugs him tightly before he can run off. It's okay. It's all okay, I promise. Dan drops his head and cries. Time passes, or it doesn't. The breeze is still blowing at the curtains, whispering how easy it would be to step outside and make it all go away. But he can't move. Lucifer is hugging him tightly, with both his arms and his legs. And every time he tries to move away, the grip just tightens. Stupid devil and his super strength. Why can't he just let him cry in peace? He can't escape the wet patch of shame in the front of his jeans either. He can't believe he came in his pants with Lucifer. He's not sure how or why any of this is happening, but he feels awful about it. Mostly because it felt so good. So very good. He's been denying himself too long. 
It's not even just the sex, if you can call that sex, and he's pretty sure it still counts. It's the feeling of being held and cared for by another man. A tall, dark, handsome man. His stomach aches and he feels nauseous. His head hurts too, from all the crying. Sometimes he thinks it's stopped, but then it hits him all over again. Shame. Self-loathing. He's pretty sure he's made an absolute mess of Lucifer's waistcoat. Just another thing to add to his list of sins. Why doesn't he just let him go? Why doesn't he just kick him out completely for making such a fool of himself? Instead, he's holding him, stroking his hair, telling him it's all going to be all right. It's not all right. It's very, very wrong. I'm wrong. No, Lucifer insists, taking his head in both hands and forcing him to meet his gaze. It's difficult. All Dan wants to do is curl up in a ball somewhere and hide. You're not wrong. You're just human. Perfectly, beautifully human, with emotions and flaws and dreams. You're better than you know. But I... Fuck! He closes his eyes. It's the only way to escape. I keep getting it wrong. Sometimes, yes. But not always. Not today. You're saying this isn't a big mistake? No, it isn't. We both wanted this. We both found pleasure in it. We're not hurting anyone. What about Chloe? I don't lie. I told you, all that matters is us. Wait, did you two break up again? Am I just your rebound guy? That would explain a lot. A revenge fuck. Someone convenient to use. No, the detective and I are still very much together, and I will go back to her when I'm ready. But for now, I'm yours. Dan tries to push away again and fails. Why won't you let me go? Because I know where you want to go. Dan sobs and Lucifer pulls his head back onto his shoulder and holds him like he's precious. I don't deserve this, any of it. Hush now, love. The endearment falls on his ear like a balm to his soul. He lifts his head. Lucifer's face is so close he can feel his breath. You actually care about me, don't you? I wouldn't be here with you otherwise. Their noses brush together as Dan leans in. He hesitates just for a moment, then brings their lips to touch, lightly, with a world of untapped feeling hanging between them. Lucifer gasps, a tiny catch of breath, and finally loosens his grip to let Dan slide on the one side. It's all too intense. They both lie there, staring at the ceiling. Oh God! Dan, breathless, dragging a hand across his cheek to wipe away remains of his tears. Then he remembers who he's talking to. <laughs> Shit. I, I mean, sorry. Lucifer grins and nuzzles at his ear. It's fine. There's been a change in management, 
Good, a topic of conversation that doesn't revolve around his own remorse. He latches onto it quickly. You got a promotion? I did. Please feel free to blaspheme to your heart's content. I'll take it as a compliment. He looks decidedly smug. So, I just... Lucifer props himself up on an elbow and smiles down at him. Got seduced by God? Yes. It's beginning to become a habit for you, isn't it? What is it about you that's so attractive to divine beings? I honestly have no idea. But he mentally notes that means Lucifer finds him attractive too. Of course, his actions suggest that it's true, but it's nice to hear him say it. Ugh, I don't feel very attractive right now. I'm all kinds of sticky. Yes, I think we could both do with a shower. Cleanliness being next to godliness and all that. Dan actually chuckles. He's an emotional wreck, but it's nice seeing Lucifer so cheerful again. He looks down at Lucifer's dress pants. You too, huh? I cannot remember the last time anyone made me come before I'd even got my kit off. I don't know what you've done to me, but I think I like it. Now, are you brave enough to share a shower, or would you prefer to do it alone? Bearing in mind, I intend to stay nearby anyway, to make sure you don't try to harm yourself. What makes you think I'd want to harm myself? Divine intuition. Also, I know that look. I used to see it in the mirror all the time. Right. Maybe some company would be a good thing. Lucifer tries to keep it as low-key as possible when they get into the bathroom. Dan looks very skittish, and there's a good chance once they get naked, he'll freak out again. So Lucifer matches him as he undresses, piece by piece. Boots first, then socks. When Dan gets rid of his t-shirt, Lucifer takes his time removing his own waistcoat and shirt. Dan hops about ludicrously as he fights his way out of those skinny jeans, and Lucifer tries to suppress his laughter. Dan gives him a mock glare. Shut up and get naked! Lucifer turns on the water before taking off his trousers. When he looks back, Dan's naked, covering his crotch with his hands. He is about to tease him about it, but decides this might not be the best time. He gestures towards the open shower. After you. This is going to have to be the most delicate and subtle seduction Lucifer has ever pulled off. But he's ready for a new challenge. Dan doesn't move his hands away until he's standing in the water with his back turned. I'm getting in now, Lucifer warns him. Dan's blush manages to extend down his neck and over his shoulders. Probably his chest too, although Lucifer can't see from this angle. The water isn't hot enough, because hell is full of disappointments. But that's easy enough to sort when you're God. A bit of extra steam should help him feel less self-conscious. How do you feel? Aren't you omniscient now? Yes, but I would never look in someone else's mind without permission. Tell me. Dan folds one arm over his stomach and wraps at the back of his neck. Dirty. Unclean. 
Tell me why. Because of what I did to you. You didn't do anything to me. We shared something together. Something pure and wonderful. Dan scoffs. I rotted up against you like a dog. We found solace in each other and pleasure. You let yourself be vulnerable for me, and I accept it as a precious gift. How can you? Dan asks, looking over his shoulder. I'm a mess. Will you let me help get you clean again? It's a question loaded with metaphor, and whether or not Dan understands the significance of it, he nods anyway. Lucifer picks up the soap, persuades it to be something more luxurious, and starts rubbing the suds over Dan's back. He puts in enough pressure to help ease the tense muscles and make sure not to touch below the waist. Then he goes back to start on Dan's left shoulder, working down his arm, massaging his wrist and his fingers. Dan slowly turns to face him. He's covering his crotch with his other hand. His eyes travel the length of Lucifer's naked body, and then he looks down, blushing. Lucifer strokes his cheek. It's okay to look. It's okay to touch if you want. It's entirely up to you. Dan reaches out with a hand that's just been washed, fingertips grazing Lucifer's chest and thumb dragging over a nipple, and then down his abs to his hip. He poses there, sucking in a ragged breath, and then snaps his hand back, as if it burns. That's good, Daniel. It felt lovely. Positive reinforcements is going to be very important here. Every time Dan takes a step that brings him closer to acceptance. May I have your other arm? He's clearly scared, but he swallows and offers his arm, letting himself stand exposed. Daniel Espinoza, naked and afraid. You're doing so well. He proceeds to clean the arm and then takes a step closer, talking softly as he washes Dan's chest. It makes his heart ache to see his friend so broken, especially over something as personal as desire. He chooses his words very carefully, so as not to startle him. I'm going to ask you to be very brave now. I'm afraid I got you very excited, and as I'm responsible for the mess you're in, I'd like to help you out of it. Will you let me touch you, down there? Dan gasps and blinks and nods. Lucifer gently runs soapy fingers down the length of him, watching for every reaction. Face twitching, body tensing, breath coming fast and shallow. Well done, darling. You're being so good for me. He doesn't do anything to deliberately arouse him. He asks to clean him, and that's what he does. Tenderly, but efficiently. And then he lets go. There. All better. Dan licks his lips. Lucifer? He croaks. Yes, Daniel. Pass me the soap. He takes it and rolls it between his hands, and then reaches down to give Lucifer the same treatment. Fingertip stroke first, then curl around to cleanse him. Lucifer very stubbornly keeps his breath calm and even, and manages to stay soft and unimposing. Dan chokes on a sob. 
You can stop any time you want. He bites his lip and shakes his head quickly. I want this for you too, even if it feels wrong. It shouldn't feel wrong. It's not wrong. Lucifer's very clean now, but Dan doesn't let go. He steps even closer so their bodies almost touch and tilts his head up to kiss him. It's another of those gentle, hesitant kisses that remind Lucifer of the first times he kissed Chloe, and it makes him realize how much pain they have in common. And he also realizes that it's going to take more than just sex to fix this. The acceptance has to go deeper than that. Lucifer, please touch me. Lucifer gladly takes him in hand and slowly glides his fingers up and down his length. How's that? It feels good. I'm glad. I want you to feel good. They take it slow. Dan's starting to get hard, but when he feels Lucifer swell in his hand, it triggers something and he lets go and steps back. That's okay, Lucifer says. Let me get some towels. I can't put those clothes back on, Dan points out as they dry themselves off. I'll get you something. Follow me. Dan steps into the wardrobe, clutching the towel around his waist. He's in a very strange headspace, sort of like being drunk, but not really. He's emotionally wrung out, but he knows he's hardly touched the surface. And Lucifer isn't acting like Lucifer at all. He's so gentle, and his manner so soothing. And he speaks as if the wrong word might shatter Dan into thousand pieces. It's true he feels very fragile right now, and he's grateful. But he's still not sure why it's happening. It doesn't feel like another prank. For some reason, he knows deep down that Lucifer's trying to help him, to fix him. He's not even sure he can be fixed. When offered a choice between sweatpants or silk pajama buttons and rope, Dan boldly takes the latter, because why not indulge himself a little? He needs to step out of his comfort zone, get this thing out of his system. Maybe being more like Lucifer will help. Lucifer gives him the red and wears the black version himself. He suddenly looks about ten times sexier, and Dan didn't even think that was possible before. He's pretty sure he doesn't look half as good, but it does feel nice on his skin. Lucifer brings a decanter and two glasses over to the couch, and they sit down. Dan leaves a space between them. He's still shaky from what he felt in the shower, and he's not ready to go back to that yet. But Lucifer doesn't press him. He is being so incredibly patient. It's confusing. Do you want to talk about it? Lucifer asks. About what? About where it all comes from. This difficulty you have in accepting what you truly desire. I don't know. I'll just sit here and listen. But one thing I've learned from Dr. Linda is that you need to unpack your feelings and examine them in order to heal. Otherwise, they just fester under the surface. Dan sighs and sips his whiskey. He's never talked about it. He's been talked at plenty, but he's never been able to put what he feels into words. It's a daunting prospect, but less so than the prospect of another sexual encounter, so he decides to try. 
the quality of the scotch helps. It's the same old story, he musses. Religious upbringing, sex is naughty, gay sex is extra bad. You are loved unconditionally, but here are some things about you that are dirty and unacceptable, so we'll just pretend they aren't there if you agree to keep them hidden. And when you can't pretend any longer and reach out for help, then it's an exorcism. Nothing as dramatic as the movie, but an insidious prayer that teaches you that this part of yourself is vile enough to be mistaken for a demon. It hurts saying it all out loud, but it's cathartic too. He tucks himself up into a tiny ball at the end of the sofa. Lucifer keeps his board and just sits and listens. I didn't get it at first. I knew I was into girls. Then, when I was 16, there was this new kid in class. He wore a biker jacket, bit of a rebel. <laughs> yeah, don't laugh. I have a type. But he was beautiful, man. Whenever he smiled at me, I felt all fizzy and happy. We hung out, became good friends. One day my mom found us cuddled up on the sofa. That's all, just cuddling. But there was this whole big thing. They got me transferred to another class, and I was never allowed to speak to him again. I still had feelings for other guys, but mostly I just tried to ignore them. It wasn't like it was the only option for me, you know. And then I met Chloe. And she was enough. Until our marriage fell apart, and you walked into our lives, with your monkey, and your fancy suits, and your string of lovers, dudes as well as women. And I was in knots. You know what it's like to want something so badly and yet not want it at the same time. I am familiar with the experience, yes, Lucifer says dryly. I wanted you, and I hated myself for wanting you, and I blamed you because I couldn't get it together for Chloe. And I was a total asshole to you because you made me feel disgusted with myself. Lucifer holds out an arm towards him. I forgive you. Dan blinks at him. And I'm God now, so my opinion matters. I absolve you of all your douchiness. Dan crawls over and lets himself be held. But I don't forgive you for being bi, because that's not a sin. Thus saith the Lord. Dan chuckles and Lucifer keeps holding him as the laugh turns into a sob. Oh God, why can't I stop crying? Because you're letting go of a lifetime of rejection and learning to accept yourself, I hope. Man, I hope so too. The tears pass more easily this time. Dan holds on to the idea that this means he's making progress. When it's over, he's very aware of the warmth of Lucifer's body under his cheek. Desire washes over him and for the first time he lets himself feel it, unreservedly. He lifts a hand to trail fingers over the triangle of skin where the rope doesn't quite meet and then boldly ventures further under the silk. It feels amazing. He's ready for more. He brings his hand to Lucifer's waistband and looks up, the question hovering in his eyes. Lucifer nods with an encouraging smile. Dan slips his hand inside. It feels oddly familiar, but different. There's a beautiful smoothness to the skin. 
he explores with fingertips and it feels fine. He hears Lucifer take a slow breath, feels his chest rise. Maybe he likes it too. Dan closes his hand around him deliberately, taking the grip he uses when he touches himself. The angle's different, but Lucifer's still soft. He doesn't stay that way long. There's a pulse, and he grows in Dan's grip. That's lovely, darling. Dan's instinct is to pull away, but he doesn't. He starts moving his hand slowly up and down, and Lucifer gets larger and firmer until he stands proud and erect. I did that. I gave God a boner. You really like me touching you, huh? I do, and I'm very pleased that you're becoming more comfortable with it. It's good, making you happy. But it still feels, I don't know, bizarre, unnatural. We'll take things as slowly as you need to. I want you to be happy too. Dunn realizes that on some level he is happy. He's finally getting to do the things he's always wanted. And doing them with Lucifer. But he's also terrified. And he decides that maybe the best thing to do is ignore the fear and follow his desires. It's much easier to think about it than to do it. He's working Lucifer's cock in a steady rhythm, but it's not enough. His heart's racing as he considers it. What if he gets it wrong? What if he starts and discovers he doesn't like it after all? Shut up, brain. There's a clear bead of fluid gathering at the tip. He bends down and touches it with his tongue. It tastes salty. Lucifer's response is an audible intake of breath and a whole body wave. Stomach tightening, hips curling, and then a tiny grunt as he forces himself still again. It sends a thrill through Dunn's chest. He opens his mouth and takes him inside. It's not like anything he can describe. It's strange and alien, but also good. Very good. It's not wrong. He moans and sucks and fills as much of his mouth as he can. He can feel Lucifer's hand gently in the back of his hair. Steady, love. Don't make yourself gag. You won't like it. Dan feasts and enjoys the soft sounds Lucifer makes. It's like something inside is knitting back together and undiscovering part of him coming to life. He's getting turned on by this. He's getting very turned on. He gets another drop of Lucifer's satisfaction and knows he needs something more, something deeper. Oh, God. He lifts his head and he keeps stroking as they kiss and he builds up the courage to ask. Lucifer? He breathes, keeping their lips close. Yes, Daniel. Another kiss, deep and yearning. It could still all go wrong. I want you to fuck me. They look into each other's eyes. There's something there, a connection, an understanding. Lucifer knows the darkness. He's lived in it for hundreds of thousands of years. 
He ruled over it and it made its home in him. But there's only light in him now. A light that shines into Dan's soul and his own darkness shrinks under those bright rays. Silk slips off shoulders, lips on bare skin. Dan lies back and Lucifer pulls the pajamas away, kissing up his inner thigh and reaching under him. Dan closes his eyes. It's a strange feeling, someone touching him back there. Words hiss from the depths of his mind. Dirty, unnatural, perverse. But he sweeps them aside. Lucifer is God now. God is fingering his ass. The feeling is moving from the realm of peculiar into something pleasant. He's relaxing. And it's intrusive, but wonderful. He opens his eyes and Lucifer is smiling at him. Fuck. He's beautiful. The cheekbones, the rough stubble, those lips all bright from kissing. Dan loves his eyes most of all. The way they twinkle with mirth or shine with sadness. The smoldering intensity when he's angry. They're soft now, dark, but somehow glowing with affection. Dan feels his chest constrict with longing. His cock is hard and aching too, and he moves to reach for it, but then he realizes it might be bad form. Lucifer notices, though, and his smile broadens. It's all right. Touch yourself, if that's what you desire. All that matters is that you feel good. He goes back to kissing Dan's thighs, but he's watching him a hungry look in his eye. Dan takes hold of himself keeping the pace slow. This is just foreplay, but adding that familiar pleasure charges the new experience with sexual energy. He lets out a moan of satisfaction. Yes, this is good. After a while, the fingers withdraw and Dan notices he's wet, but has no idea where it came from. He's ready, in more ways than one. He's still nervous, though. He sits up and they kiss, but he's not sure what to do next. Um, should I um, bend over, hands and knees? Both are options, but I'd like to see your face. Lucifer lies back in the opposite corner and beckons him with two fingers and his most seductive smile. He's long all over, long and firm and solid. Dan places a knee on either side of his chest and bends forward to kiss him. It feels right. Lucifer pours more lube on his hand from a bottle that seems to have appeared out of nowhere and then reaches down. Something larger presses against Dan's entrance and pauses. It might feel strange at first, but there shouldn't be any discomfort. If any part of this feels wrong, just tell me and we'll stop. Ready? Dan gives him one last kiss and sits up. Ready. Lucifer slowly pushes in. It's not strange at all. Just full and satisfying. There's a split second where the stretch feels less good, but then it eases as he slides deeper. Another pause. Dan breathes, adjusting to the sensation. So good. 
he moves experimentally and pleasure shoots through him. Lucifer's just watching his face with a look of wonder. Dan takes him in deeper and deeper until he's fully seated. It's so much. So perfect. Lucifer pushes his hips upward. Oh my god, Dan moans. Lucifer grins. Yes, Daniel. This is... Fuck, it's awesome! There's no rush, no sense of urgency to go chasing a climax. There is a need, but it's met with every curl of the hips. A deep satisfaction where he takes it to the hilt, a gratifying drag as he lifts back up again. His hands rest on Lucifer's lower ribs, and he can't stop looking at him. There's a look in his eyes that Dan's never seen before. Joy and longing and hope. They're connected, body to body, soul to soul. The pace quickens gradually, each shift a new level of wonder beyond anything Dan's ever known. He's soaring. This is his offering and his sacrifice, his penance and his reward. They exchange few words. Words seem superfluous when intimacy is so tangible. They hold hands, fingers interlocking, tightening as Dan sits up and bounces happily. They cup each other's faces and kiss, lingering and gasping as Lucifer braces his heels and trusts up hard and fast. Neither of them seem to tire, and though the journey is long, it is inevitable near its destination. Daniel, Lucifer whispers into his ear, his breath a caress. Yes, Lucifer? May I touch you? I want to make you come. Dan's guts twist with desire. Yes. Oh, God, please. He pushes himself up to make room, leaning on Lucifer's shoulders. Clearly Lucifer's watching earlier paid off, because when he takes hold, he knows exactly what to do. It's magical. It's miraculous. Dan can feel the orgasm start to build, and enjoys every second of anticipation. The feelings inside are an exquisite storm of sensation that he's losing himself in, the hand around him a star to guide him home, his morning star. He's trembling on the edge of release. Oh. My. God. Daniel. It crashes over him, shuddering through his body with a force he never thought was possible. He groans and blasphemes over and over. Beneath him, Lucifer comes to a stuttering halt breathlessly whispering his name. They lock eyes as they both spill over with pleasure and there's light pouring out of Lucifer's face. Dan feels like he's touching heaven. Then they're both panting for air and Dan can barely hold himself up, but he doesn't need to. Lucifer's arms wrap round him as he falls forward. It's pure bliss. Daniel? Mm. Still with me? Mm. It's nice. No stray thoughts. No urges to run outside and experiment with gravity. Mm. 
staying right here. Lovely. Lucifer doesn't want to move either. He's happier than he ought to be. This wasn't what he expected it to be like at all. It should have been done doing the penetrating, for a start. Rough and desperate and cathartic. This was, well, romantic. And something tells him it's not over. Dunn may be blissed out now, but once the feeling wears off, he's going to come tumbling down like a bad hangover. He's seen it before, many times. It used to be a kind of parlor trick with him. An entertaining way to undermine Dad's followers while helping someone find their true desires. Sometimes it took a few days to undo the damage, sometimes longer. Sometimes he found someone else to finish the job, giving them a kind of love that Lucifer himself could not. He thought it would be a simple matter of showing Dan that it was all fine through a series of enjoyable sexual encounters. He hadn't accounted for the fact that he himself had changed. He cares in a way he never realized he could. He loves Chloe. He loves Linda and Ella and Mace and even Aminadil. He even loves the child in a strange way. And he loves Dan. There's a fine line between lovers and friends with benefits when you care so much about your friends. Lucifer thinks he might have just crossed it. Of course, it might just have been the intensity of motion, born of grief and war and relief at finding his friend again, of penetrating his very soul. Not that it makes any difference. Chloe trusts him. She believes in them. Whatever happens down here, she's waiting for him up there, and they'll sort it out once they're together again. She said she'd do anything to get done back. This may not be exactly what either of them had in mind, but it's working. The kisses, the tender touches, the connection when their eyes meet. It feels good. And that's what Dan needs to build himself up again, to believe that he's worth saving. Dan finally raises his head and looks at him. Sorry, zoned out there. Lucifer puts a hand behind his ear and wraps his velvety hair like he's stroking a cat. Me too. Everything's still all right in that head of yours? Dan leans into the caress. Hmm. A few shadows. Nothing too serious. How about I chase some of those shadows away before they start growing? Ready for round two? I may need another minute to recover. Or an hour. That was intense. It was, wasn't it? But if the shadows are coming back, there's still more work to be done. I can't have you relapsing when you've come so far. As for recovery, Lucifer grins. I have literally miraculous hands. Dan sits up. Show me. It's all still new, but he knows it's possible. It's the same power that he'll use to bring Dan back to life when they're ready to leave. He just needs a smaller dose. He trails a finger along his jawline, down his neck, chest, over his waist, and around one buttock, then back across his hip to his inner thigh. Dan shivers and his face brightens. Holy shit! Exactly. Lucifer beams. Lucifer doesn't need to sleep anymore, it seems. One of the benefits of pure divinity. And there's no rest for the wicked, at least not in hell. Not that dance wicked, just lost, misplaced. With supernatural aid eliminating their factory period, 
there's no reason to stop. They work their way through all of Dunn's fantasies and invent a few new ones. And yet, in between the hours of passion, there's the quiet spaces. The times where they just lie together, taking it all in, or talk over drinks, or bathe, or simply kiss and hold hands. The first time Lucifer sucks his cock, Dan's very self-conscious. He sits on the edge of the bed with his legs open, and Lucifer kneels in front of him and assures him it's quite lovely, stroking his fingers over it with a smile. The self-consciousness gradually evaporates as he gets to work and the passion takes hold. It's a marvelous experience. Dan makes all kinds of satisfied noises and expressions. Lucifer watches his face through his lashes to make sure he doesn't miss a single one. There's trust on both sides, too, whenever they try something new, something that could trigger Dan's insecurities. This doesn't seem to be one of those things. His soul feels good in Lucifer's mouth, and he takes him deeper, right into his throat, because he can, and Dan's fingers in his hair are encouraging him. When he finally pulses and spills over, it takes like an offering, and is satisfying for them both. When Lucifer asks him if he wants to try doing the penetrating, it's another matter. Not yet. Dan says and rolls into his belly and spreads his legs. Lucifer gives him what he wants. He waits until Dan gets more confident and then asks again. Dan wants to try, but as soon as Lucifer's in front of him on hands and knees, he makes a negative-sounding grunt and backs off. Lucifer turns to him, trembling and teary-eyed. It's okay, he says, taking him in his arms. We don't have to do this. I want to. I do. I just... I can't. We've got time. Just tell me when you're ready and we can try again. There's a few more abortive attempts. Dan gets increasingly frustrated with himself and Lucifer suits him with another blowjob or by holding him close and stroking them to completion together. Lucifer has an idea of what's going on. For Dan, getting fucked is something that's done to him. He can take a passive role, get caught up in the heat of the moment, pretend it's not a deliberate choice. But to take the lead, he has to face his fears he add on. He has to think about it. And Lucifer hasn't helped, because he's been choosing positions for ease of access, which generally involves some form of bending over to present his arse, and it probably makes it feel very gay. So... To get around it, he just has to make gay sex feel more like straight sex. Make Dan think about fucking Lucifer rather than think about fucking another man. And Lucifer's very talented at getting people to want to fuck him. A bit more romance wouldn't be amiss. Dan likes that kind of thing. Make it seem spontaneous, even though it's planned down to the last meticulous detail. If he can set up a fake massacre... He can set up a shag, no problem. It starts with a candlelit bath. Instead of whiskey, they drink red wine. Lucifer washes Dan's hair and makes sure he feels exceptionally clean all over. Then he encourages Dan to do the same to him. It's relaxing, and he makes a few puns and Dan laughs. He sings an old song, 
nothing too emotional, nothing too body. And they lie in the water and kiss and caress one another longingly. When things start getting more heated, Lucifer splashes the water about, making it feel like it's going to make things awkward. Perfectly on cue, Dan suggests they move into the bedroom. Lucifer stands up and lets Dan get a good look as the water falls off him in sheets. They dry each other off, skin extra warm, and Lucifer nuzzles at him teasingly. I just need to pick up some supplies from the wardrobe. There's an extra special loop you might like. Dan leans on the doorframe and Lucifer, still naked, makes a show of looking in all the wrong places, stretching up to reach high shelves and clenching his buttocks as he does so, then crouching down on the bent knees to check in low drawers and standing up with strong, fluid movements. He doesn't draw it out so long as to make it obvious what he's doing. Ah, here we are, he proclaims, and throws the small bottle in the air and catches it one-handed. He grins at Dan, who's busy tugging on his cock and already half-mast. You're so fucking gorgeous, man. Lucifer looks him up and down with obvious appreciation. You're not so bad yourself. He puts the loop on the large table in the center of the room and waits for Dan to come to him. Dan keeps stroking as he steps closer. He runs his free hand over Lucifer's chest and adds, This body is just so... Perfect, Lucifer suggests, planting a tiny kiss on his shoulder. Heavenly. Dan cuts his face and takes a long, deep kiss. I, I want you. I want you. He slides both hands down Lucifer's back and grabs his buttocks to pull them close together. He's hard and ready as he grinds his hips and Lucifer catches up quickly. The kissing gets more frantic. Dan pushes him towards the table for something solid to press against. Lucifer grabs the edge and with a short hop sits up on it and curls his thighs under Dan's waist. Dan lets out a heavy groan as Lucifer squeezes him tighter. Their cocks are rubbing together and it feels wonderful. He breathes words of gentle encouragement in Dan's ear. That's good. You're so good for me. Take what you want from me. The lube is right beside them and Lucifer's already loosened the cup. Dan reaches for it and Lucifer makes room between them. He holds out his hand and Dan shares it out spreading a generous helping over his cock, while Lucifer leans back and takes care of things on his end. There's a pause. Dan leans forward and kisses him even as he fumbles below to try to find his way in. It's not exactly elegant. Lucifer doesn't give a flying fuck. They're finally doing it. His eyes go white and he gasps at the sensation of it. It's a good thing he's invulnerable, but it still feels like a good stretch. He presses his heels into the small of Dan's back, willing him deeper, and Dan gives him another inch, and then he freezes. Daniel? Everything all right? Dan stares up at the ceiling and draws in a shuddering breath. Mm-hmm. All good. Feels amazing. Too amazing. Lucifer relaxes, glad that it's not another imminent panic attack. 
It's okay, you can come if you need to. I'll just work another miracle and we can do this as long as you like. Dan gets a very stubborn look on his face and grabs hold of Lucifer's thighs. He pushes all the way with a grunt as he bottoms out. His mouth twitches and he pants for a minute and then he starts moving. It's glorious. Dan is a firm monument of muscle between his thighs and a solid mass inside him. After a few stuttering starts where he finds to maintain control, he manages to build up a steady rhythm. Lucifer's head is already spinning with pleasure. He stops trying to prop himself up and just relaxes down onto his back. Dan's doing most of the work anyway, and what a fantastic work it is. Dan's cradling his legs, lifting them up and resting them on his shoulders. He caresses his thighs tenderly and kisses his calves. Then he bites his lip and bending forwards, and bloody hell, he goes even deeper. Lucifer takes it gladly. He moans and his body grows taut as Dan keeps driving into him and he can barely get enough air and... Oh yes, Daniel. He comes hard, crying out with the joy of it. An intense full-body experience that starts inside and blossoms outwards and he spills, untouched, between them. Dan slows when he feels it and greedily takes in the sight of Lucifer so completely undone. Then he smiles, straightens, and snaps his hips hard and fast, chasing his own climax. It's not long, but it's long enough. Lucifer can feel his fingers tightening on his hips, can see his face crease up into that stupid, delicious grimace, and it brings him right back up to the edge again. He touches himself briskly, and it's enough to make him shudder and come once more. Dan finally, finally falters and cries out, holding himself deep and straining before he collapses forward, panting. Lucifer wraps heavy arms around him, trying to catch his breath. Joy bubbles up inside him. It worked. Of course it bloody worked. He grins and then chuckles. Dan props his head up to look at him. What? I, uh, he blows out, starts laughing again. He can speak every language on the entire planet and right now he can't find a single word to adequately explain what he's feeling. So he makes one up. Dantastic, he declares and laughs again. It's probably more like a giggle. Dan smiles proudly. I've wrecked you, haven't I? Yes, Lucifer nods. Dan kisses him soundly to bring him back under control. Lucifer hums in delight and squeezes him between his thighs. Any chance we can do it again? Lucifer and Dan work their way through a multitude of different positions, switching who gets to be on top depending on their mood. Some are good for a thorough shagging, like doggy style. Others feel more intimate. Spooning is like that. When Lucifer's the big spoon, he wraps his arms around Dan and holds onto him like he's precious. Like if he cares enough, he can take all the pain away. When Dan's the big spoon, he presses kisses onto Lucifer's back and holds onto his hips as he slides slowly in and out, whispering how good it feels, how perfect Lucifer is and how he doesn't deserve it. 
Lucifer assures him that he does, but Dan still can't quite accept it. He bends over and lets Dan take him over the piano. It's memorable, rough and hot and wild, and they both come loudly. For a second, Lucifer thinks his knees might give away, but then Dan's reaching over his back, fingers tracing the edge of the scars. Scars that shouldn't be there, but try as he might, Lucifer can't seem to bring his wings back. He has to assume it's hell's influence, exerting Dan's expectations from what he saw at the bathhouse. But he's changed other elements of the loop and he should be stronger than that. Perhaps it's another metaphor. Where did these come from? Dan asks quietly. Lucifer folds his arms on the piano and leans his head on them. It's where I cut off my wings. Why? They were a reminder of all that I'd lost, of the things I could never be. I didn't feel much like an angel anymore. So you literally chopped them off. Maze did it the first time. They grew back. I had to keep doing it. Are they gone for good now? No, it's temporary. Or at least, I hope so. It's going to be difficult to get out of here without them. Not impossible. He could always call Amenadiel if they get stuck. I've come to accept them now. They've proven themselves useful. What do they look like? Big, white, feathery. I bet they're beautiful. So I've been told. Definitely a metaphor. It's just what Dan's going through with his sexuality. Denying himself, harming itself, refusing to see what a gift he's been given. Lucifer, are you okay? Lucifer stands up. Let's get a drink. They take the whiskey into the bedroom and sit up in bed. Dan leans on Lucifer's shoulder. There's one more fantasy I haven't told you about, he says. Lucifer brightens at all. Oh, do tell. It's not like that. I mean, I don't know, it's kind of dark. I know darkness, Daniel, he says more seriously. I know, and that's why I feel I can tell you. Lucifer knows where this is heading, but Dan can't remember his previous confession. I promise I won't judge. Dan shifts and drinks again before he speaks. Sometimes I imagine you forcing me, pinning me to the wall or down on the floor. It's like if I'm being forced, it's out of my control and I don't have to feel bad about it. Is this a fantasy you want to live out? I think... I think it might help. I mean, everything we've done has been awesome. And I feel so much lighter than when you got here. When I got here. Shit. How long has it been? Don't overthink it. Now about this fantasy. They talk through the details. Desires. Limits. Safe words. What it would mean for both of them. What could go wrong. What could go right. Lucifer's initial reluctance eases somewhat. He knows Dunn needs this as much as anything else. Dunn has a kind of role play that he originally imagined, but Lucifer outright refuses when they discuss it. He won't say things about Dunn that aren't true. 
He can easily be forceful and dominating without being cruel, and Dan accepts the compromise. Lucifer puts his robe back on with a pair of silk shorts. Dan gets his clothes, and Lucifer makes sure they're clean. He's been miraculously cleaning up a lot recently. It helps keep Dan's head clear. He lies in the bed and strokes himself to get in the mood while Dan gets dressed. The clothes are important. More specifically, struggling to find a way around the clothes is important. It's going to be rough. Dan wants it to hurt, to feel as real as it can. But he trusts Lucifer not to hurt him too much. It's the trust that makes this whole scenario appealing. Not that Lucifer wants to punish him, that urge has been well and truly spent, but that Dan is sharing something deeply personal, letting himself be vulnerable. And Lucifer knows how intimate that kind of vulnerability can be. They've been growing steadily closer over the unmarked stretch of time they've spent together. Lucifer has never been honest with himself about his feelings for Daniel. He pretends not to care, but it means something. It wasn't until he was gone that he realized how much. They're friends, which is a lot. Lucifer has never had much in a way of friends, apart from those people who wanted something from him, and when they got it, they went on with their lives. At least after this, Dan should have a life to get on with. In the meantime, they have this. Shared pleasure, acceptance, and healing. Dan walks out of the bathroom. Lucifer stalks over him and gets in his way. Where do you think you're going, pretty boy? He purrs. Just, mmm. Lucifer steps right into his personal space. I don't think you're going anywhere. I think I might want to keep you all to myself. Dan tries to step around him, but Lucifer blocks his path. Dear Daniel, you can't go yet. The party hasn't even started. What party? Our party, of course. Just you and me. I'm not. I I don't. Dan stammers uselessly. We're going to have a lot of fun together. Do you know what you do to me? All the desires that you inspire? He strokes Dan's cheek with the back of his hand, and Dan pushes it away. What if I don't want to play? What if I do? Dan's throat bobs as he swallows. You work out, don't you? It's not easy to maintain a figure like that. You put in the effort because you want to be noticed. And I've noticed, Daniel. He steps close enough to let his erection brush against Dan's hip through their clothes. Dan tries to push past him, but Lucifer grabs his arm and pulls him back. He holds his jaw tightly and pulls him in for a kiss. There's nothing tender about this one. Its intent is to claim, to conquer. Dan puts up a fight, pulling back, but it gains him nothing. Lucifer effortlessly spins them both around and pins Dan to the wall, just as he did in the interrogation room. It's a deliberate move intended to spark a memory of fear, to get the blood pumping, and it works. Dan's breath comes fast and shallow. Lucifer leans in and kisses him again. Dan tries to keep his mouth shut, but Lucifer knows how to apply pressure and force his way in. He's rewarded with a small whimper, and Dan keeps struggling in his grasp. 
There, there now, pet. It's all right. You're just too tempting. I can't help myself. You can wriggle around as much as you like. It's only going to make you more delicious. He licks a white stride up Dan's neck as if to demonstrate. Mmm, tasty. Dan decides kicking might be an option, but Lucifer just takes it and keeps his list fastened to his neck, sucking a bright ripe bruise. Hush now, pet. Let's see if we can get you more in the mood. He uses his forearm across Dan's chest to hold him in place and reaches down to palm at the front of his jeans. Dan moans and slap and hits at him. They've agreed to do this. They both know Lucifer can't actually be hurt, but it gives the whole scene a sense of urgency and energy. Lucifer just grins wickedly and carries on until Dan slaps him right in the face. He catches the offending hand and slams it into rough stone wall hard enough to make Dan cry out. That was disrespectful, he chastises. He takes both wrists in one hand and opens Dan's jeans with the other. When he reaches inside his underwear, he can feel him getting hard. You're lucky I've learned to be merciful. I can give you everything you need, no matter how much you try to fight me. How does it feel to be so helpless? Dan just moans and his hips curl involuntarily. See? That's not so bad, is it? No. No, please don't. He shakes his head quickly. Shh. It will be worth it, I promise. Dan growls and struggles harder, and Lucifer lets go only to step his feet between Dan's and press him against the wall with the whole length of his body. His silk-clad length pushes against Dan's where it stands firm out the front of his undone jeans. He uses his free hand to force Dan's jaw open and lick into his mouth. That's better. That's a good boy. You feel simply splendid like this. He's telling the truth. Dan's shivering with desire in spite of his protests. He lets up some of the pressure on his hips and starts pulling at Dan's jeans, easing them down. What are you doing? What does it look like? I want you. And I'm going to take what I want. Dan struggles harder and Lucifer loosens his grip enough to let him break free for a second. Then he catches his arm and spins him, tossing him face down onto the bed. Dan scrambles to get up, but he's not fast enough. Lucifer's there, straddling his ass, spinning his arm behind his back. This will be easier for you if you relax, but I don't expect you will. He tucks the jeans further down onto Dan's thighs. You're hurting me! He pulls Dan's shirt off his shoulders and uses it to bind his arms together, hands by elbows behind him. It gives him a space to stand up and drop his silk shorts while Dan squirms around and tries to get back on his feet. He's too tangled to get far. Lucifer grabs him by the hair and pulls his face in front of his exposed cock. Look, Daniel, look how much I desire you. There's no escape. Please don't. I'm begging you. It's not the same as the first time. This has been thoroughly negotiated and the safe word goes unspoken. As long as Dan keeps saying please, it means he still wants it. After a brief moment of consideration, 
Lucifer hurls down onto the floor. If he's going to do this, he's going to do it properly. Dan lands flat on his belly, his lower half on the thick rug, but his face smacks against the marble. Not dangerously, although there's not much worse than he can do to someone who's already dead, because Lucifer aims him at such an angle that his shoulders break his fall. It does make him pause in his struggles for a moment, which Lucifer uses to pull his jeans right down to his ankles. Dan screams and kicks, and Lucifer places soothing hands on his rear, massaging gently before he part them and spits. He spits on his hand, too, and wraps it all over his cock. He has to force Dan's legs apart to lie between them, and it's difficult to line himself up when he keeps squirming so wildly. Please, Lucifer, I'll do whatever you want. Just don't make me do this. He seizes a handful of hair and whispers in his ear. This is all you want. You. Stop fighting me. No! He wrinkles some more and Lucifer knows he's doing it on purpose. Lucifer grips his hips tightly and forces him to be still. Dan's whimpering and he turns his face to the floor as Lucifer forces his way in. Dan refuses to stay still, but there's nothing he can do. Now that Lucifer's inside, he's got both hands free to hold him down again. He leans the weight of his body onto his back and gives a few hard, sharp thrusts to get them going. Dan cries out and his body goes limp for a time. Strangely, Lucifer finds that more difficult to deal with. When he was fighting back, it felt like banter, a physical version of their little game. But a quiet, still Dan is unnerving. See? Isn't that better? Is there anything you want to say to me now? It's a subtle way of checking in without ruining the moment. Please, please stop. Dances quietly. That's not the safe word. Lucifer keeps going, pushing in hard, pulling out slowly. Dan turns his face to the side and his cheeks are shining with tears. It's the intimacy that gets Lucifer through it. Dan is opening up and laying bare the darkest, most secret desires of his heart, and Lucifer can't help but find joy in fulfilling them. He knows there's all kinds of things going on in Dan's head right now, that he's coming face to face with his own inner darkness, and all Lucifer can do is keep going, keep holding him, waiting for a sign that something's changed. He sees it at last, a slight softening in the eye, a twitch of his lips. As Lucifer picks up the pace, Dan's breath comes faster and he starts to shift and strain again. It feels good, responsive. There was a lot of negotiation about orgasm too. Dan said at first he didn't want one, he just wanted to be used. Besides, it wouldn't be in character. Lucifer pointed out that he could force him to come too. It would be the ultimate violation to be made to take pleasure in the thing that he was trying to escape. Dan asked who would come first. Lucifer just smiled and promised him they'd come together. It's time to make it happen. Lucifer slides a hand under Dan's waist, keeping them connected as he pulls them both up on their knees. Dan's face is still on the floor and he looks so very beautiful. 
restrained and folded in half like that, so very vulnerable. Lucifer can just imagine him bound in hemp rope and suspended from the ceiling. A bit more spitful loop helps them along. He starts pumping his hips faster now that he has a better angle to work with. He grips Dunn's hips and lets him hear the sound of their flesh meeting. Dunn's moaning and begging again. It's reassuring. If he can say no, then he can call Red if he's not enjoying it. Maybe enjoying isn't exactly the right word, but he clearly wants to keep going. Lucifer bends over him, one hand on the floor, the other reaching around to find Dan's cock. There's an element of timing here that's going to take a lot of skill. Dan's unlikely to come as easily as he normally would, given the intensity of the situation. Lucifer's going to have to let himself get close and ride that edge along with him until he's ready, and then choose the exact moment to let go. He knows he's getting there when the begging intensifies. Dan's swearing and pleading, and he's trembling with the effort to keep his hips still. Lucifer grabs him by the hair again and pulls his body upright, and holds him there with an arm across his chest. Please, mercy, make it stop. I'll make it stop soon enough. I want you to come. I can't. Fuck. Please. I already told you. I take what I want. You can't stop me. They're close now. So very close, he can taste it. The pace is frantic, their bodies strung so tight, and then... Oh, God. Lucifer feels the first tremor, and it sets him on the path of no return. He pushes deep and hard as Dan contracts around him and groans as he empties himself inside. He hears Dan crying out too, feels the wetness falling on his hand and dripping down onto his thighs. Lucifer eases him through it, out of it, and then just holds him until he starts to cry. He lifts him up and lays him carefully on the bed, untying his shirt that binds him and removing the rest of his clothes. He wraps him up in a furry blanket. If he was in a real body, now would be the good time to massage some blood back into those arms. But it doesn't matter here. Hush now, love, he whispers as he holds him. It's over. Your penance is paid. It's ugly crying, and it breaks Lucifer's heart. For a while, he thinks he's made a terrible mistake. Dan's grief shakes something loose, though. He slowly quietens and then sighs heavily, and all the tension leaves his body. Dan wipes his face and sits up. Lucifer, it's all gone. Thank you. Lucifer exhales in relief, but then Dan's getting up again. He drops the blanket on the floor and starts walking towards the balcony. Daniel! Daniel, come back! It's not safe! Please! I'm, I'm here. I'm right here. Dan insists as Lucifer shouts into the distance. Lucifer! No, no, no. He keeps muttering. Not again. Not knowing what else to do, Dan grabs his face in both hands and kisses him. Lucifer blinks like he's not sure what he's seeing. Daniel? Yeah, you freaked out. Something about me going outside? Lucifer groans. 
Oh no. Whose bloody loop is this? Loop? Mace talked about loops. They were a hell thing. Don't overthink it. They've had an awful lot of sex, days worth, weeks worth, but they haven't slept or eaten anything. Dan's been here for a long time. The balcony. The bullets. What? Lucifer, where are we? In the penthouse. No, that's not it. Daniel? I'm here, wherever here is. I think we're in hell. I think so too. I never pictured hell being this much fun though. It's not meant to be. I... I came here to rescue you. To help you rid yourself of guilt so you could get back home. Home? To Trixie? Yes, and the detective. His face falls. His gaze is drifting towards the glass doors. Dan snaps his fingers and shouts to get his attention back. What's up with you, man? I'm afraid I miscalculated. I keep seeing something which tells me I'm experiencing guilt of my own. When you mention Chloe, fuck, she knows about this? Yes, but we have an agreement. She's not the problem. I know better than anyone how loops work and what I'm seeing. Tell me, whatever's going on, we can work it out together. You, leaping off the balcony. You did it several times before I worked out all your triggers. But it's not you looping this time, it's me. The detective said she's happy for you to borrow me so that I can bring you back. But then I'm hers again, don't you see? I don't want to lose you. You won't lose me, Lucifer. You're bringing me home. But this, he moves his hand between the two of them, this won't be happening. There won't be room for us. Then I guess we just have to be glad for what we had here. Lucifer frowns. Doesn't it matter to you? Don't I matter? Dan covers his face in kisses. Of course you matter. You matter more than ever. This was... This is perfect. But I never expected it to be permanent. You and Chloe are like the ultimate super couple. I can't get in the way of that. I don't want to get in the way of that. I've been living with this unfulfilled desire for so long. But you, the one person I wanted most, accepted me and helped me deal with it. Gave me the strength to believe in myself. You showed me how to celebrate all that I am, all that I could be. And now, something nags him out of the corner of his eye, something different. Now I'm ready to live again. I don't belong here, Lucifer, and neither do you. Lucifer lets out a short breath. You feel it, don't you? The way out. Dan stands up and walks down the steps. There's an ancient iron door where the elevator should be. I see it, Lucifer. We can get out. We can't. Even if we escape the cell, I don't have my wings. Can't you use your god powers to, like, I don't know, beam us out? That's not how self-actualization works, I'm afraid. 
The wings are just a metaphor. He scoffs to himself. I don't want to leave, so I don't have the means to leave. I need to deal with my emotional dilemma before I can move on. Right. So how do we do that? Come here and kiss me, you idiot. Dan smiles and does exactly that. It reminds him of that first kiss, right on this very spot. He was the one who was feeling nervous and wrong then. But now it's Lucifer who needs reassurance. He slips his hand under the rope and pulls him close. How about we take a bit more time just to say goodbye? How long? I don't know, an hour? How about a week? A day. Our family's waiting. But this is our last chance, Daniel. How can a day be long enough to fit all the things I'll ever want to do to you? Well, I don't have a watch. I don't see any clocks around here. And I'm pretty sure light outside doesn't change at all. So we're totally gonna have to guess when our time is up. Oh, well, in that case, a day should be plenty. Lucifer grins. It's a perfect day. Dan's soul feels light and clean again. Lucifer won't let him anywhere near the balcony, and every so often he gets a haunted look in his eyes as they drift in that direction. Dan brings him back with a kiss. They make love over and over. Dan calls it that in his head, but doesn't say it aloud. He suspects Lucifer feels it too, but it's too much to ask him to admit it when they're on borrowed time. So they make slow, intimate love and frantic, desperate love, and they hold onto each other in between and pretend they'll never have to let go. Lucifer doesn't seem to be any closer to ready, though. Then suddenly, the truth slips out. Lucifer straddling Dan's hips, riding him slowly. His body undulates and trembles, his cock leaking into Dan's belly. His eyes are half-closed and his mouth hangs open. And his hair has long ago escaped the confines of product to spring into bouncing curls. He looks utterly wanton and utterly beautiful. He braces himself on Dan's chest and Dan holds his hips as he thrusts up into him. His ass feels glorious. They're both so close, but holding off for the sheer joy of it. The words tumble out of Dan's mouth before he can stop them. Fuck, I love you. Lucifer's brow creases and he bends down to grab a kiss from Dan's lips. His whimper turns into a whine and then a growl as he arches and throws his head back. His whole body lights up with a white glow and they come together and keep coming. Oh God, oh God, oh God. Until with a great shudder, Two big white feathery wings burst from his back. Dan just lies there in a post-orgasmic haze, trying to process what his eyes are telling him. It's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. Even Lucifer's brothers haven't prepared him for such brilliance, such purity. The wings on their own would be magnificent, but attached to Lucifer when he's like this, sensual and wrecked, and happy. It's an image that Dan is going to hold on to forever. Lucifer's panting, his head bowed like it's too heavy to lift. Oh dear, 
he chuckles. I appear to have absolutely plastered you with my men juice. God juice, Dan corrects him with a smile, lifting his chin with a gentle caress. But we can deal with it in a second. I think there's something else we need to address first. What? You mean your little confession? Well, yeah, that too, but... He doesn't know how to put it into words. He just raises a hand and runs his fingers through the feathers. It's a rush, like standing under a waterfall, but instead of water pouring over him, through him, it's pure luciferness. His joy, his passion, his pain, his grief, oh God! But running through all of it is his love. So much love. How could he ever doubt it? Except for that well of emptiness. Dan can feel the memory of it, even though it's filling up now, overflowing. He's been so alone for so long, he didn't recognize love when he discovered it, but it's a huge ball of fire within him, a star ready to light and warm and consume and... Daniel? Daniel! He hears his name but can't make sense of it, and then lips are pressed to his a tongue that's not his own in his mouth, and stubble brushing his skin. Lucifer! Holy shit! They're back, aren't they? Yeah. Does this mean you're ready to go home? Lucifer smiles. Almost. He shifts his hips. They're still connected, and by some divine miracle, Dan's still hard and ready for more. I think just one more. Now that we both know. They take their time. There's tears on Lucifer's cheek, but he insists that they're happy tears. It doesn't feel like goodbye, more like a promise. It's not the end. Everything's going to be okay. It's like dying all over again. He's stumbling into a body that won't respond. Want so much as a twitch. He can't open his eyes, can't suck in air, can't even feel his heartbeat. He can't feel anything at all. He's lifeless as a stone. Then there's light. It floods over him and through him in a way that's hauntingly familiar. It fills him up, warms him, and sparks fire in his head. He can think, he can feel. Feel stubble grazing his lips. Feel large hands on his chest. Lucifer. Welcome back, sleeping beauty. Dan smiles. Isn't it more snow white? Lucifer lowers his eyes and moves away. Right. Borrowed time. But it was an incredible kiss to finish on. A kiss of life. He sits up slowly. It's disorienting being back in his body again. Not that he realized he was pure soul before, but it's sort of like when you step off a boat and dry land shifts beneath your feet. He feels extra solid, extra heavy. He has to move his head to look around. Why is all my stuff in boxes? Once you were legally dead, you struggled to pay rent. Your friends came to clear out your stuff, but I had a moment of, well, something, and 
report it off the landlord for safekeeping, just in case. You plan to bring me back. What's the use of becoming God if you can't resurrect the people you care about? Dan looks down at himself. Isn't this your suit? Were you still expecting to be in the clothes you died in? You needed something nice for the funeral. I had a funeral. It was very moving. Miss Lopez and I sang. And I'm just supposed to walk back into my old life? His heart's pounding because he's alive and he was dead. Lucifer sits back beside him. For a second, Dan expects him to hold his hand, but they don't even touch. If this is the new normal, it's going to ache for a while. It's going to be okay. We'll figure it out. I managed to build up a life as the devil. I'm sure we can come up with something for a dead hero, miraculously returned to life. Dan scoffs. Why here, though? Where's Trixie and Chloe? Ah, well, we needed somewhere private to keep your body once we dug it up. It wasn't going to be disturbed here or upset anyone before we got you back in it. In a moment of panic, Dan pulls up a shirt to examine his belly. It's just as he'd never been shot. No stitches, no scars. You'll be pleased to know the detective refused to let the doctors harvest any of your internal organs. I think she was secretly hopeful too. She and your spawn are waiting at home. She thought it best to keep things as normal as possible. We need to go. We need to see them. Do I still have a car? We'll get there faster if we fly. Dan swallows. It's not the fear of heights that worries him this time, but the idea of clinging on to Lucifer now that he's been relegated to the friend zone. The emotions are still raw, but Trixie's waiting. Okay, let's go. Lucifer stands and offers his hand. Dan takes it, cherishing the contact, and their eyes meet. It's still there. Something between them. Complicated, but good in its own way. Lucifer. Don't worry. We'll figure this out too. The only thing that matters is that you're back. Right. Then he swept in Lucifer's arms, and there's those beautiful wings, and... Shit, they're flying, but it's barely a second, and then they're standing outside of Chloe's door. Dan braces himself to see the two of them together again. Lucifer opens the door. Detective? He says softly. Chloe leaps up from the sofa. She looks like she hasn't slept. Her eyes take in Lucifer and then drift to Dan, and she throws herself at him, knocking the air out of his lungs and clinging like... Well, like she thought she'd never see him again. Dan! Oh God, Chloe! He holds her and she's crying, the kind of quiet crying that he knows means Trixie's asleep. She kisses his cheek and brings their foreheads together. And it's confusing, but it's special, and he drinks it all in. Then she hits him firmly on the chest. Don't ever, ever go off on your own again! I won't, I promise. I thought I'd lost you. I'm here now. She buries her face in his neck and he just holds her. It feels like all times, except it's not.
Are you two having a moment? Lucifer asks lightly. Am I allowed to watch if you are? Chloe lifts her head. Lucifer? She approaches him cautiously. Thank you so much. Are you okay? Was it... Fuck, she knows. Lucifer said there was an understanding, but it's another level of awkward to be standing in the room with the two of them, knowing that she just pimped her boyfriend and she knows that they've been having sex. Lucifer reaches for her and pulls her into his arms. His hand cups her head and he kisses her hair. I'm fine. It was... It's all fine. Chloe steps back and looks between the two of them. Okay, what happened? Maybe you guys should talk about this later, Dan suggests. Lucifer? It... It got complicated. But it's done now. We're both back. There was the promise. A temporary loan. That's all. Then why does Dan look like I'm about to tear out his heart? Dan and Lucifer exchange a glance. It's enough for her to put the pieces together. Fuck. She hisses, pressing between her eyes. It seems inadmissible for anyone to say anything at this point. Dan turns around and leans on the counter. I'm sorry. I'm back for five minutes and I'm already screwing things up. No! Chloe says, coming over quickly and laying a hand on his arm. This isn't your fault. No one needs to feel guilty here. We all made our choices and we're all going to deal with the complications together. He sighs. You sent your boyfriend to hell to rescue me and I pay you back by falling for him. Pretty sure that's like complication cubed or something. Dan? She shakes her head. I held you in my arms while you were dying. We might not be married anymore, but we're still family and you were bleeding out. And my world was falling apart. I couldn't picture life without you. And whatever complications we have to deal with now are nothing compared to that. So yes, I let Lucifer go after you knowing all that it involved and fully prepared that this was a potential outcome and a price worth paying. I'm not worth it, he sighs, staring at his hands. Lucifer, do something. What do you want me to do? Anything, something. Anything? Anything. Make it better. Dan hears footsteps, feels the warmth of Lucifer's body behind him, and then fingertips trailing throughout the short hair at the back of his head. He gasps when Lucifer whispers his name. I'm sorry, I messed up. I always mess up. No, Daniel. Daniel. Do you know what your name means? God is my judge. Exactly. And I'm God. And I say you've done nothing wrong. So there it is. Dan sniffs, straightens, and turns around. He looks at both of them in turn. So what now? Lucifer takes Chloe's hand. Dan watches as they step together and kiss. His heart wrenches, and yes, he's jealous, but he's also happy for them. They deserve this. The tenderness with which their lips touch is pure and beautiful. Still holding her hand, Lucifer touches Dan's face and leans in and kisses him with the same tenderness, leaving him confused and breathless. 
Lucifer grins. Well, the whole monogamy was always Dad's idea anyway. Are you familiar with the term polyamory? Tan scoffs. You want both of us? Chloe, are you okay with this? She tilts her head, considering. We may have to do some negotiations, but so long as Lucifer feels that he can accommodate both of us... Oh, there's plenty of me to go around. Don't worry on that front. Omnipotent, omnipresent. All these powers are going to make me a better lover than ever. Chloe chuckles. There's not a lot of room for improvement. There's always room for improvement, Lucifer counters. And there's the potential for threesomes. Chloe looks at Dan and then down at the floor. Let's mm, just put a pin in that thought for now. Yeah, Dan agrees blushing. We can work out all the details later. There's someone else I need to see. Chloe smiles. She's had a hard time. Go wake her up. I need to see her smile again. Dan slides the door open as quietly as he can. She's clutching her old alien toy to her chest, and there's dumb patches on the pillow. Chloe waits in the doorway while he sits on the edge of the bed. He strokes Trixie's arm gently. Hey, little monkey. She sighs and blinks her eyes open. Daddy? The fog of sleep and exhaustion confuse her for a minute. She reaches out a finger and pokes him to see if he's real. Daddy! He hugs her so tight he's worried she won't be able to breathe. But they both need it. It's a long time before either of them can let go. He hears her sniff and they're both wiping at their eyes. At last she pulls back to look at him. How are you here? I think it's what we call a miracle, he smiles. But you're staying, right? Yeah, I'm staying right here. Your mom and I have a lot to talk about, but if you're a good girl, you can go back to sleep. I promise we can do anything you want tomorrow. How do you expect me to go back to sleep after this? She asks, bouncing on the spot. He strokes her hair. Because we're all safe, sweetie. You don't need to worry about me, or your mom, or even Lucifer. It's all going to be okay. I love you, Daddy. I love you too, Trix. He kisses the top of her head. Now go to sleep. Only if you stay with me. She falls asleep in his arms. She hasn't done that in a while. He holds her and basks in her lap until his arms gone to sleep too. And then carefully puts her back on the pillow. Chloe and Lucifer are sitting together on the sofa. She's leaning on his shoulder with her feet tucked under her, and her eyes are red like she's been crying. Are you okay? He asks, and then realizes it's a dumb question. She's probably an emotional wreck right now. She gets up and hugs him again. I'm just glad you're back. He's not sure what to do with all this. It's a lot, even when you haven't just come back from the dead. He pats her back, and Lucifer gets up. I think I'll just step outside for a smoke. Give you two a moment to talk about me behind my back. Wait, didn't you say something about being omniscient now? Dan points out. Well, technically, yes. But if it makes you feel better, I promise not to look. Chloe steps back and wipes her eyes. It does. 
Thanks, Lucifer. Then you have my word. He goes out the back door. Dan stuffs his hands in his pockets. Chloe folds her arms to hold her elbows. Would it be okay if I stayed here tonight? He asks, trying to break the awkwardness. I want to be here when she wakes up. Of course. You can stay in Maze's old room. Or I could set up a couch if you want to be close to her. Couch would be awesome. Thanks. Do you want a beer? Um, I don't suppose I could get something to eat. I think my stomach's unnaturally empty. Right, of course. There's leftover chocolate cake. Sounds good. She's probably been trying to use it to cheer Trixie up. He follows her into the kitchen. Hey, what time is it? Quarter after two. You should be able to get some sleep at least. Are you tired? She hands him a plate. He's going to need groceries, he realizes, followed by the fact that all his credit cards are probably cancelled. He's going to need a new job. Oddly, no. I guess being dead is pretty relaxing, she winces. Too soon? Way too soon. Bring your plate. You might not be drinking, but I've got a bottle of red waiting. She resumes her seat and pours out a glass. There's two spare ones next to it, like she was planning on them all celebrating together. He sits at the opposite end of the sofa and starts on his cake. This is delicious. Lucifer bought it. He was trying to find a way to help Trixie feel better. He's been looking after them both then. How's she been? Pretty much as you'd expect. She was trying to be brave, but... I know. I'm glad she had you looking out for her. Chloe sips her wine. She almost didn't. There's a ring on her wedding finger. It looks like Lucifer's, except that it's pure white. An engagement ring, maybe. For a moment, his heart aches with jealousy, but then he's glad that they finally worked everything out. They've worked so hard to get there, and they've earned their chance at happiness. Maybe Lucifer's right, and they're strong enough to get through Dan's mess. But... He swallows a mouthful of cake. Wait, what? A lot happened while you were gone. I died, but like, really briefly. She doesn't know, and she's not going to find out. There was this whole big angelic battle. It was a thing... But then Lucifer rescued me and everyone agreed to let him take over for his dad. And there's still a few loose ends to clear up. But you are a higher priority. Dan blows out slowly. That's a lot. It is. So now we both have a lot to figure out with this Lucifer is God situation. Because it's a huge responsibility for him. And honestly, I think he's going to need a lot of support. So it's welcome back and hit the ground running. Pretty much. But I think we need to take a moment for us first. You want to talk about what happened down there? He clears his throat. You mean me and Lucifer? Details? No, not details. She laughs. That's between the two of you. Your moment. But Dan, you were in hell. And I want to make sure that you're okay. He scrapes the last crumbs of his plate and puts it down on the coffee table. I thought it was okay. There was a bunch of bad stuff that I'd done, 
but I made peace with it. But sometimes you don't have to do a thing to feel guilty about it. Sometimes just the thought is enough. He sighs. You know what? Maybe I will have a glass of that. She pours one out and hands it to him quietly. I know we never talk about it. I guess I should have told you a long time ago. He takes a deep breath. He can still remember all the terrible things she said in the loop. But that wasn't really her. I like guys as well as women. I'm bi. She nods. Thank you for telling me now. Obviously, I guess Lucifer must have told you something because he said you had an agreement. He only told me as much as he needed to. That you needed some kind of sex therapy to get rid of a deep-rooted guilt. I hated that part of myself, Chloe. And I hated that it was someone you were involved with that I wanted the most. She shuffles up to sit closer and takes his hand. I'm perfectly fine about you being bi. Heck, we have a bi god now. I've had to learn to be fine with his attitudes towards sex too. And that's been more of a journey. But the fact that you guys felt something for each other, it always makes it better. Because it's not just Lucifer going back to his old casual sex habits. What the two of you shared means something. And honestly, seeing him happy does make me happy. So you'd actually be willing to give this poly thing a shot? What Lucifer and I have, it's incredible. We'd both die for each other, but that doesn't mean anything if we don't live for each other too. I've had to get my head around so much, adapt to the idea of dating the actual devil, of dating actual God. You think a little polyamory is gonna throw me off? I love him, and I know he loves me. And I know nothing is going to get in the way of that. Wow, that's pretty special. Has he said anything to you about how he feels? No. I'm starting to wonder if I was imagining it all. It takes him a while, but he'll get there. In the meantime, look at his actions. He went back to hell for you. It sounds more significant than it is. No, it doesn't. It's huge then. Look, you're gonna have time to figure all this out. Are you ready to talk to him again? Yeah. Can we do it together? She stands up and offers her hand. Always. The nicotine never gave Lucifer much of buzz, and it's even less now. He keeps smoking just for something to do. Sitting out on the patio while the woman he loves and the man he cares about decide his fate is getting the better of his nerves. Facing Heaven's army had nothing on this limbo. He lights up a second and then a third. Then the door behind him opens. He stops his cigarette on the old side plate that Chloe keeps left outside for him and turns to see two smiling faces. Well, I didn't hear any shouting, so that's a start. Chloe stands to one side of him and hugs his arm. We weren't talking about you, mostly. He frowns at her. Have you been drinking, Mrs. G? Only a half glass. I'm good. Done. get over here. He steps closer and Chloe draws him into a three-way hug. So, I've decided, in my official capacity as God's consultant, that more love is not a thing that any of us need to be afraid of.
We are here for you, Lucifer. We want to help you make the world a better place. Both of you? Yeah, Dan agrees. Both of us. Chloe leans up and kisses Lucifer's cheek. I'm going to get another glass of wine. I think you guys need a moment. Lucifer watches her walk back inside, marveling once again at her ability to surprise him. Why do I get the feeling the word means more than I think it means? Dan asks. Because it does. Long story. Is my consultant expecting us to talk or snog? I'm not exactly sure myself. We could do both, Lucifer suggests. Both is good. I do want to tell you something first, though. He puts his arm around Lucifer's waist. What I said in hell, I meant it. And I still mean it. I love you, Lucifer Morningstar. And I don't know what that means or where we'll end up. But I do know I want to take that journey with you, if you let me. Of course I'll let you. I want you by my side, Daniel. Cool. And you don't have to say any more than that. Not until you're ready. Don't tell me you didn't feel it. Feel what? His fingers find the velvet at the back of Dan's head. It's so soft, so familiar now. Like a safe place for his heart to rest. When you touched my wings, I was laid bare before you. Didn't you feel it? Dan's eyes brighten with tears. I thought... That was all real? Their foreheads touch. All real. All me. Dan lifts his chin and kisses him. It doesn't feel any different to how it did in hell. It's raw, like kissing his very soul. God, that's good. Dan breathes. It feels like a prayer. Thank you, Lucifer replies smugly. Thank you for bringing me home. You have no idea how much that means to me. Ah, but I do. I lost my home too, you know. Got cast into hell. It was Chloe who showed me the way back. She's pretty awesome, huh? Indeed she is. As are you. You never used to think so. I was frustrated with you. So shoot me. Oh wait, you already did. You both did. I really need to be more careful about who I let point guns at me. It's a terrible way to pick up partners. Dan chuckles. You still make no sense, man. I'm enigmatic. Apparently, it comes with the territory. Yeah, because you're God now. Fuck, I'm dating God too. Oh, we're dating, are we? Aren't we? Isn't that what this is all about? I think we might still be in the negotiation stage. Okay, let's negotiate. Will you be my boyfriend as well as Chloe's? Look at you, first day out of the closet and already raring to go. That's not an answer. No, it isn't. Lucifer? I want to say yes very much, but I've just got this new job, which is going to be particularly demanding, and then there's the matter of my evil twin to sort out and the entire afterlife to rearrange because clearly that doesn't work. And he stops abruptly when Dan grabs his face and kisses him hard. Stop making excuses. You can do both. Both is good, right? Lucifer grins. Spoken like a true bisexual.
Yes, Daniel, we can be boyfriends. Awesome. Now let's go talk to my girlfriend and work out how to share custody. I say girlfriend, but there was a moment in heaven where I gave her my ring, so we might be married now. That's probably the kind of thing you want to clarify, Dan says smoothly. Yes, she does get a bit excitable about those kind of things. One more kiss before we join the negotiation table? Yes, but just so you know, you taste like an ice tray. Lucifer shifts his jaw. There you go. Fixed it. They kiss. It's tender, but it's deep, with plenty of passion and just enough need to be promise of more to come. It feels right. You don't spend five million and change getting revenge on someone who doesn't matter to you. Dan's become more important to him than he could ever have imagined. If losing the people he loves could open the gates of heaven for him, how much more could he achieve with them both by his side? They draw back, breathless, fingers lingering in velvet. Lucifer takes a moment just to look at him. That stupid face. It looks so much prettier now that it's not sneering, not tainted by inner turmoil and self-loathing. Is that what put Lucifer off before, seeing something of his own reflection? Dan's eyes are brighter now. The creases in the corners have faded. The grey that speckled his temples has disappeared. Lucifer may have been a bit generous with the resurrection power, but... He wants to keep him around for a long time. He looks towards the door. Chloe's smiling at them through the window. He can keep her around too. And when it's over, they will have eternity. Both is very good. Whoosh! That's it! Last, before I finish this off, there is a note from the author saying, I can't believe I'm having to add this, but this is a very emotional piece for me, so please don't offer any thoughts you may have about how it doesn't work or could be improved. Those kinds of comments here will wreck me. <sighs> All I have to say about this piece, okay, so this is my first, this is the first fanfic that I've read, and it was incredible, it was a great journey. And it really got me emotionally. And thank you. Thank you so much, Glitter Skull Fairy, for letting us read this on the pod. And I know this is super long and it's very explicit at parts. But the overall idea behind it is beautiful. And it does bring peace. Even when I do know how the show sorted this situation and even though my personal ship is done with Charlotte this has been a beautiful journey for me and it's a great alternative so thank you so much and thank you everybody who made it through the last few hours listening I hope anybody did anybody who did I had a great time and you didn't listen hate listen to this and I hope I did this piece justice. Thank you and bye.